do a review of yesterday's stuff. Yesterday was number Ayin Vav. Today is Ayin Zion. Number 77 today. We'll do a review of yesterday's stuff. Get to today's. We'll have in mind to, that the learning should be a refuah for. should be his for a refuah for uh, Yosef ben Mina. And for Hadassah bas Ronya and uh, Michal Aviv bas Yudis and um, Moshe ben Hefza. There was more people. Amy Bastvora, Okay, and with that, uh, so we we started off yesterday talking about um, what is the opinion of Rebbe Leizer. We're trying to understand Rebbe Leizer's shita. Rebbe Leizer, on the one hand, he makes a statement that uh, um, you can preempt your wife's vows. So it's basically say that any vow that you will be making, um, as of now, um, being made for it. And the question is. Um, what does he mean? Does he mean that it, 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 it for an instant, it is a, it's there, and then it comes along and wipes it away? My statement is just, is going to wipe it away as it comes? Or is it working differently, that my uh, statement prevents the vow from ever taking place? And the, and the difference would be, this is the review of uh, I'm Love, and the difference would be if... Uh, um, if if you can, if anybody else can attach to that vow, that's the idea. Okay, so uh, we brought a raya that seemed to imply from the question that they were asking on Rebbeiazer that that it isn't effective at all. Okay, and then the Gemara says, let's look at the next part of that very same source. Seems to be saying the other way direction, because it gives an example. The rabbis give an example. Um, if you take a vessel and you dip it in the mikvah, that it's a tummy vessel, and now you put it, dip, put it in the mikvah and it becomes tohar, um, you think you could dip a tohar mikvah in the and uh, and then and then when it becomes tummy, it'll it's, you know it'll snap out of it because you preempted it by being in the mikvah before. Of course not. So, um, but what's relevant from that proof <coughs> is that the. The verse uh, is that is that the um, it's allowing the tumma to take effect for a second and then it'll be matari. So that's the question. That's the discussion. So the Gemara says uh, that uh, obviously what's going on over here is that how could the rabbis be contradicting themselves in Rebbe Yezer's opinion? The answer is they don't know exactly what is Rebbe Yezer's opinion, and they're saying either way. If you're saying it's not effective at all. So then, our question of mikvah is relevant to that. And if you say that, you know, from the first part of it, and if you say that it, that it's going to be effective for a moment and then wipes it away, so then you could ask a question from from the vessels. And uh, bottom line is, it's not a, it doesn't really prove which way is Ribliezer going. Then we brought a proof that Ribliezer was arguing, based on this. He says that if you have seeds, and the seeds are uh, tummy, and you put it in the ground. That'll be matire those seeds that they're now no longer tummy because they're going to sprout. And as soon as you put it in a place which is going to produce a plant, it already lost its identity as a as a seed. Um, that's that's kind of an edible seed that could be makabotuma. Okay. Um, and then, um, but uh, what if it's already planted in the ground? Can it accept tuma? Obviously not. It can't become tummy, right? So that's the idea. Um, yeah, if you dug up that seed, threw it out again, in the air, open air, 
Would it become tummy again if it wasn't fully decomposed? Was just a little bit? Or? No, no. Uh, you're asking a different question. Does it reawaken the tumma? Obviously not. But now it's susceptible to tumma. But then it's susceptible to new tumma. Right. Yeah. But once you plant it in the ground, it's removed. It's it's, it's tahor. Even just cover over the ground. Yeah, plant it in a place where it'll grow, that it could grow. Okay. But the point being is, what's already planted, and a dead rat touches that spot, it's obviously not going to accept tumma, because if it could. If it it's removes tumma that exists, it's not going to allow it to accept tumma, obviously, while it's still in the ground, right? While it's still in the ground. That's what, that's what he's arguing. Wouldn't you agree with me in that case? Yeah. So, you see, so you see, at least in Rebbe Leazar, that what he's saying is that it shouldn't allow it to take effect, not even momentarily. And that's the point. That's the proof. Now, the question is, is that um, the rabbis do say this to Chomer in other areas, um, we talk about a person, you might think that a person is able to sell his daughter while she's already in Naira. She's still considered somewhat in his domain, but uh, we prove that it can't be. Why can't it be? Because if, a, if, if what you sold already, although the daughter that you sold already before she hits Bas Mitzvah goes free when she hits her, to her age of 12, so then surely you can sell Somebody who's already over the age of 12. You want to sell from now? No way. It's not going to, it's going to prevent it. And that's something that everybody agrees to. So what's the deal with the Chachamim? How come sometimes they are liking the Chachamim and sometimes not? So we explain. They, they have no issues with this Chachamim. It is a very valid Chachamim. The problem is, is that the Pasuk um, overrides that Chachamim. The Pasuk says, Ishi Kimenu, Ishi Feirenu, which tells us that they, just like Chachamim, if we intuitively understand that it has to, the vow has to exist in order to certify it. You cannot cert, pre-certify a, a vow. So, um, so too, the Afara needs to have the vow in existence first before you can start actually, you know, affecting a Afara. Um, and that's based on the, the text. So from a text-based sur, uh, source, that's why we came to that conclusion. And that's the story with that. Took us to the Mishnah on Amit Beis, I of Amit Beis. And uh, first, the Dorim is the entire day, um, which is not, uh, you know, sometimes that's a lot, sometimes that's a little. That's what it means, sometimes it's very little, sometimes it's, very, it's plenty of time, sometimes it's very little time. Um, and that is, if, it, if, if the vow is brought to his attention um, beginning of the night, so you have that entire night, as well as uh, the following, the entire following day, within which to be made for that nether. If she made the vow right before sunset, you know, right, right at the cusp of at the end of the day, so then you have only a matter of minutes within which, that's when you heard the vow, so then you only have a matter of minutes before it's ready the next day and you won't be able to uh, be made for that vow. That's the Mishnah. Mishnah only really presents one position, which is that it's one day and it's the calendar date and it's over when the calendar day changes. And as we know, the night comes before the day in Judaism. So uh, that's when it's going to be that day, and, the, uh, and, and that, that's it. Day's over. So uh, we saw the Brisa actually um, different than our Mishnah, that there's actually a dispute on this, that the Mishnah, uh, the Brisa says that Tankam's opinion is that it's all day. The Rabbi Yosef rebuked the Rabbi Lozer Rabbi Shimon, those two rabbis say that it's actually a 24-hour period. Begins whenever, you know, whatever hour you made the uh, you, you, you are informed of the nether, the clock's ticking for 24 hours. <coughs> um, and, and, and once that 24 hours is up, even if that 
you know, the end of that 24 hours is already into the next day. It doesn't matter. You still have that time. Um, anyway, that's the opinion. But the logic of the Tanakhama is because the Pasuk, simple read of the Pasuk, Biyom Sham O, that it has to be the day. The day is defined as the calendar date. Um, the opponents say, but it says, Miyom El Yom, from day to day, which implies that, you know, up until same time next day, you can still wipe away the vow. Um, what does the Tanakhama do with the words Miyom El Yom? He learned from there that uh, the Yom Shamo might just mean the day, daytime, not night. Um, that's why we have to tell you that it, night is included. That's what Miyom El Yom teaches us. What did the rabbis do with the Yom Shamo? They say, because if you say Miyom El Yom, you might think it means from day to day, meaning, let's say today is a Tuesday, so till next Tuesday. Okay, so Miyom El Yom, from day to day, meaning till that day comes around next week. So that's why it's um, the, the Yom Shamo tells you that, no, no, no. It's, a, it's really only one day at maximum, um, and, uh, and that is 24 hours. So when, and once you know 24 hours, it doesn't have to be, it can straddle two days because it's the amount of time of a full day, basically, is really what the point is. The first one said it includes the night, means the, the night before. Before, right, exactly. Right. Okay. Play baseball. You play baseball. <laughs> Shuffleboard. Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> That's more likely, right? Thank you. I spent some time in Florida. I know shuffleboard. <laughs> you spent time in Florida? My grandparents lived there many, many years. Yeah, right. Right. I knew that's you. Okay. Uh huh. Twenty ninth and counts. Many good years. Okay, um, so the um, um, okay, so uh, the, the uh, as far as Psak halacha, the Gemara comes out that we do not paskin like Rav Yosef Rav and Rav Yosef Rav Shimon. Um, it, it's like our Mishnah, basically. Um, Rav uh, Levi thought that, <coughs> that we should paskin like that because it's very logical. But Rav told him, Rav Chia says halacha is not like them. And, uh, and that's the story. And we left off with uh, the thing that really is going to connect into today's daf, which is Chiba uh, Rav was, was very, I guess the best way to say it, was very easygoing or flippant about um, dealing with vows. He, did, wasn't, uh, he wasn't like sitting as a bezdin and concentrating intently to listen to somebody's vows. He would be shooting his bow and arrow and asking questions about Tell me, you know, do you, you know, did you, uh, uh, were you aware of the ramifications when you made it? And, and that was, you know, like he was involved in another activity at the same time. And Rabbi Barafuna was, was sitting and then he would stand up and he wasn't like in a full-on position of full focus like we normally would expect the best to do. And that really is a pre, you know, an, in, an, an intro into the discussion of today's daf of... Uh, of the nature of the Hattaras Nidharm, really. So we're sort of like pivoting out of Hafara, <clears throat> but not really because we're going to talk on the other component of what we mentioned in the Mishnah, which is that it, uh, it, it, it taught us in a tangential way that, uh, that it works on Shabbos. And that's really what the, that's how we're going to get into this topic. This was, this was not meant to that is what he was doing. Today's Zion. And uh, Tanan Hassan. So uh, the Mishnah, 
stated in states in the Mishnah elsewhere. This is, Rashi says it's the end of Mesach Shabbos. Mefir Nedarim B'Shabbos. You're allowed to do Hafaras Nedarim on Shabbos. Vinishalom Nedarim, and you also can be Shoel Nedar, which is talking to, asking a rabbi to free you from a vow. You can do that. Chain the Torah Shabbos when it's um, for the sake of Shabbos. Now, I read it one way, but really you could read this an entirely different way, um, which is, we learned in the Mishnah over there, Mefir Nedarim B'Shabbos, Vinishalom Nedarim, Shein Kama, Shein L'Tzorach Shabbos. You understand? You can read it that the qualifier of Shein L'Tzorach Shabbos is going back on both the Hafara and that Torah, or you, you can put a Kama and say that we can be made for Nedarim B'Shabbos no matter what kind of Nedar. And as far as show al neder, that only if it's relevant for Shabbos. You know, you need, you know, he said you're not going to eat, I don't know, bread. And, uh, and you know, that's all you have to eat. There's no matzah, so that's all you have to eat to have the meal. So, something like that. So I want to be matzah neder, okay? But that's relevant for my needs for Shabbos. Then it's okay for me to ask the rabbi on Shabbos, okay? So that's a, um, but again, is Torah Shabbos requirement for even hafara or not? That's the suffix. So, Avi Boilu, Mifir Nidam Shabbos, Litzarach HaShabbos. Does it have to be Litzarach Shabbos? That it has to be for Shabbos, sabbatical need. Like the wife made a vow, and that vow is relevant to Shabbos, and he found out about it. And he can only be, uh, you know, free her from that vow if it's necessary for the Shabbos. Otherwise, it'll have to wait till after Shabbos because it's not appropriate to do. A fara on Shabbos. That's the possibility. Unless yes, he will lose his window. Okay, so that's the story. Okay, yeah, that's well, maybe we'll see. That's where you put the comma, right? Yeah, that's the thing. So that's the question of the Gemara. Maybe means he without the need. So Tashma can improve. The Tani Rav Zuti Rav Papi. Rav Zuti from the house of Rav Papi learns. You can only do Avaras Nedarim when it is L'Tzorach Shabbos. Very clear that it has to be L'Tzorach Shabbos. That's what he said um, and Amar Ravashi it's not what our Mishnah says. Look at what our Mishnah says. Nadrim B'chashayich of a woman made a vow. Close to evening on Shabbos, right? It's how our Mishnah reads. You can only do Avara until it gets dark. Now, in If you're only allowed to do afara uh, for the sake of Shabbos, and not if it's not for the sake of Shabbos, my area Who cares if you're near dark or near the end of the day, near the end of Shabbos or not? I will midday. Any you have no right to be mefer because it's not letzorok Shabbos. Okay. Obviously, you know she made it right at the end of Shabbos. It's not how how letzorok Shabbos is it. So. You understand, mm-hmm. uh, you know the the Shabbos is going to be over in a matter of a few minutes, so it's not for the needs of Shabbos. So Alamai, it's uh, it's uh, clearly we're saying that uh, that even that it's not relevant for Shabbos, and that, then why 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 is it only true that he can only do it that till night? He can't do it at all, even if it was in the day. He has to. Um, it's not relevant. I have to wait till after Shabbos. So um, right. So in Yachalafer um, so uh, yeah, they actually put in a different word here in the Bach Dishalo um, Aleph Shabbos who? Because it's not for the needs of Shabbos. Okay, 
So the Gemara answers, you know what? I'll tell you what. Tanaihi, it's a machlokes tanaim, like the tanaim that we saw in the beginning in the Brisa. What's the machlokes tanaim? How far is the term kalyom? Tanakam says that you only have that day. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Omru, Meis, they say you have 24 hours. So that's where it's going to be a difference. If you only have that day in Tvelo and not more than that day, meaning, so then obviously there's no choice but to be made for the nether on Shabbos, otherwise you lost your window, like you said. So then, of course, you would have a right to do it on, even on Shabbos. Um, right? I feel the on Shabbos, even if the vow has no connection at all to Shabbos. But if I don't do it now, I lost my chance to do it. Okay, so mefer. Therefore, I would be allowed to wipe it, wipe it away. Lamandi amar meislays. If I have a twenty-four hour period, so then only l'tzarek shabbos in shalotzarek shabbos. Though I, I'm going to have twenty-four hours from when I found out. So I, I, I don't. I can wait till left the shabbos and be mefer at that point. There's no, there's no rush, and therefore, why should I be mefer if it's not relevant to shabbos? So that, so that's the two sides. Okay, so. Okay, so the answer is, it depends whose opinion you're in. If you're in the opinion that it has to be done that day, then it doesn't need to be connected to Shabbos. And if the opinion is you have 24 hours, then it does. Okay. Now, when it comes to being shoel neder, that means going to the rabbi to free you from the vow, then it's only allowed to be done on Shabbos if it's for the sake of Shabbos. So the shayla is, when is that true? Is it only when there is no time? Uh, meaning, I, you know, I made the vow on a Tuesday, I would, uh, whatever it is, but there was no way I could, I could uh, um, reach the rabbi earlier, and I needed for Shabbos, so therefore I went on uh, Shabbos to, to the rabbi. Or maybe this allowance of having gone to the rabbi to do it even on Shabbos is even if I have time. Uh, what does that mean? It means, you know what, it's, I'm gonna, you know, I only go to shul on Shabbos, and that's when I'm going to see the rabbi. So that's when I'll ask him to free me of it. You understand? I mean, it's conven- it, it doesn't work even on a convenience level. Or is the allowance to do it on Shabbos, we somehow innately sense that, uh, that doing this business on Shabbos is, is sort of like an inappropriate thing to be busy with on Shabbos. But I need it, I need it for Shabbos. So if you had the opportunity to take care of it beforehand, then you should have done that. Um, or do we say, yeah, maybe you should have, but if you didn't, it doesn't matter. You still can wipe it away on Shabbos. That's the that's the suffix that we have here. Is are are we are we lenient no matter what, or are we only lenient if there was no opportunity? So that's the question. Tashma. So come to proof. Is the Kikulu the Rabbanon, the rabbis connected themselves the braider of Zutra braider of Zira to the son of Rav Zutra, the son of Rav Zira. Afil bin Adar and he was. The one who was mefer nedarim and a matir nedarim, and he did it even when there was no time. There was plenty of time to do it. before Shabbos, and he did it on Shabbos. So basically, it sounds like that we, we don't make a distinction, even if they are they were uh, neglectful in taking care of it before Shabbos. You still can uh, have the rabbi do it for you on Shabbos, and don't don't worry about putting the rabbi to work. Okay, now. But uh, you don't want it to look like a bezdin. So you can't have three people sitting down and ask them to free you from a vow, because that's like they're, that looks like they're sitting in judgment. And we know they're not supposed to sit in judgment on Shabbos. But if it's a yachid mumcha, it's just an individual rabbi who is 
um, an expert, so uh, then it doesn't look so bad. You're just going to the rabbi who is an expert in the authority in the area and ask him for, to free you from the battle, period. So Abai said, it's not a problem. Kevin this fear alone, since we are of the opinion, this system doesn't even require best uh, in in a proper form. Okay, they could be standing. They could even be relatives. Okay, I don't know if you recall, but I I, I remember being bothered by this question or curious about it. It's like you know, like uh, and yeah, you know, we're we're forming groups to uh, create our Tars and Tarim, and there's two brothers in the in the crowd. Can they? She'd be sitting on the same thing or not, whatever. It's saying here very clearly that it doesn't matter for Tarzan you don't really, it's not a real din, okay? So you could even have relatives involved in it. Anyway, and it could even be done at night, all things that would not be uh, not be appropriate in a regular Bezdin. So therefore, it doesn't appear to be like a judgment. Um, and therefore, don't worry, even if you're using three idiotos instead of the one mumcha, the one expert, it's uh, gonna. Be, it's not gonna really look like it. It looks like three friends sitting around, one of them standing. You know, whatever. It's not like a. It's not like a very official thing. Now, Amar Rav Abba, Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rav Abba said the name of Rav Huna, the name of Rav Halacha. The law is Mefir Nedar Balayla, that you can do also Afara, you can do Afara at night. So uh, very nice. So the court says, uh, What are you talking about? Is that? Like what we saw in the Mishnah explicitly, what is he saying here? Nadja Baleli Shabbos, you have that night to va- to 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 wipe away that vow. It's uh, it's befeirish a Mishnah. Obviously, why why do I need Rav Huna Amarav to say this? But the Chiddush, which is not stated in the Mishnah, is that you could even be Shoel Neder, meaning go to the Rabbi to free you to uproot that vow, even at nighttime. Really say this? So So he was quiet. Meaning, I said it, and Rav uh, didn't say not. Okay, he kept quiet. So What did he say? Did he say? Did was he? Maybe he was quiet in such a way, you know, sometimes when you're quiet, that's like a very firm rebuke. Okay, maybe that's what he was doing here. He was quiet because he was fuming. How can you say something so ludicrous or so inappropriate, okay? Um, Or he was saying drink, meaning that was a beautiful thing, what you said, and uh, make a l'chaim, you know, something like that. So in other words, the the silence can be understood in both ways. So anyway, the point being is, um, I don't know, there's different gear cells over here that Ron brings down, but uh, bottom line is he was asking in what way was he silent in the, in the, in the way that means that he approves or disapproves okay, could be taken both ways so Amrav Yigabar Avin is Dakik Le Rav Le so this is a, really an answer Rav, this is Rav himself, made himself available to Rabba Bikituna Devei Rav in the study hall of the house of Rav. Omid, he was standing, Yechidi, and he was alone, Ovalayla, and he did so at night. So uh, clearly Rav has no issues with this thing, okay? Uh, doing it at night, he himself 
practically. He did it. He did it alone. He did it standing up, and he did it at night. So that's really, again, sort of what we saw at the beginning, at the end of yesterday's daf. You know, shooting bows and arrows and doing it. It, it, it can be very informal. The process, and it's not a problem. And how does the army do during the day only? We don't do it on Shabbos. Do it on Sunday, day after Shabbos. Let's see. The, the, the daf isn't over. Okay, right. just say. Can be done. All I'm saying is it can be done. Well, but on Shabbos, it can only be done if it's relevant for Shabbos. Remember that. When we're doing a Torah and we're talking about all our vows we want to remove, release. Right. It's not relevant for Shabbos, right. so why should you do it on Shabbos? Okay. Um, and again, this is only talking about standing, Yechidi, alone, and Bovelayla, and night. Amar Abba, Amar Nachman, Halacha, the law is, Nishalim, Derm, Omer, Yechidi, Bovelayla. That's the law. Ube Shabbos, Ube Krovim. Could be with Shabbos, could be on Shabbos, could be with relatives. Okay, all that is 100% legal. Okay? And it's even if they had time earlier. Um, Says the Gemara, oh, mate, can they do it standing? But Tanya, we have a story from a Brisa. Rabbi Gamliel cut off his donkey, and he wrapped himself as a, you know, as a, as a, someone sitting in court, and he sat down, and then he was Matuneta. So uh, you see that Rabbi Gamliel clearly was, uh, you know, took this Hatars Nadarim very seriously. He wouldn't be riding his donkey while doing it. He got off the donkey and he put on his rabbinical robes. His uh, what do you call those robes? The 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 judge, the robes of the judge, wrapped himself up in his talis, um, and he sat down. And he was matir's nether. So uh, what's the deal with that? So the answer is Rabbi Gamliel is he disagrees. Of our poskim becharata, he actually changed the gear. So in poskim becharata. Which means that it, you can't you can't try the easy route. Do you regret making this fast? Kind of like a generic thing, and the answer is of course. Why else am I asking you to free me of it? Um, so like you can't start off that way. You gotta start figuring out. Did you realize how you know what that this might be? You know you gotta really do a little bit of a digging to find out what is. So he says, and therefore, what you have to do is find a way to uproot the vow from the beginning. And it takes focus. And that's why he got off his donkey. He needed to think it through. Um, and that's why he sat. Now, for Rav Nachman, uh, switch the gears, right? Um, they do, you can start off with Harata. And therefore, once you're going that route, it's like you regret making the vow. It's like, yeah. Now, had you known now, when you knew then, would you have made the vow? No. Okay, good enough for me. Okay, therefore, it's Vafil Muhammad, you could be standing, because once you're going in the route of, of regret, then it's a very easy, uh, it doesn't take a tremendous amount of brain power to start figuring. Okay. Amr le Rav Lerv Nachman, Chazi Marhai Mirabonon, Das Mirava, Mimarava, there's one of these rabbis that comes from Eretz Yisrael, Amar, and he said, it's the Kiku Le Rabbonon, the Vredi Ravuna, Baravin, the rabbis went to the son of Ravuna Baravin, Vishorli Nitre and Matir is Nether. Barmalay Zil Obay Rachmiel Nafshach. And he said, I want you to go, even though I'm Matir Nether, go and pray for your soul. Dechatas. Because you sinned. It was a grave sin to 
make a vow altogether. Even if you're just making the vow, even if you fulfill your vow, it's still a sin. Bowing is already negative. Now, Rav Zvin, so Rav Zvin says, Micra, what's the Pasuk? When you stop bowing, then there won't be a sin. What does that imply? The inference is that while you're still vowing, there is a sin. Regardless, just taking vows in general is a bad thing. Everything should be polineder, okay? That's the implication. If without the refraining from it, it there is sin. Tanya, um, the Bryce says, somebody tells his wife, any vow that you make, or all those vows that you made, I don't like it. It's not a nether. That is not a term. Those aren't strong enough terms to imply afara. He's saying, I don't like it. That's not good enough. I have to say mufar, right? He has to uh, directly express that it's a true afara. He can't say, it's terrible, well, it's not a nether. It's not nothing. Okay. But if he says the other way, just by implication, Yafasis, uh, what a good move. Uh, you know, if it oh, there's no one like you. Wow, amazing. Okay? Had you not done it, if you hadn't made the vow, I would have made the vow for you. What is that? That's a gium. That's an affirmation of her vow. Um, even though it's not uh, explicit, but the inference in the affirmation is good enough. Uh, an inference in the nullification is not enough. Okay. Now, fascinating idea. Just like we really started off talking about Shabbos, and you could do our first in terms of Shabbos, there's a sensitivity still to the fact that it's Shabbos. And therefore, You don't say, I am being made for that neder, I am negating that neder, like you would normally do in the weekday. What you should say is, Take and eat. Take and drink. Meaning, let's say she said, no coffee for me, I had the jitters. And um, so you want to be made for the neder, instead of saying, I'm made for that nether, I say, here's some coffee, I want you to have some. Okay? You know what I mean? Like It's like implying that I want you to uh, not be bound by that vow. Okay? <coughs> um, and that's good enough. And that's how you're supposed to do it on Shabbos, because you don't want to do an official afara. That nether bottle, and the nether will be automatically negated. But in your heart, you have to be thinking. You're not expressing it because you don't talk the same way that you talk during the week on Shabbos. But you, in your heart, you need to say, I am, in my mind, being, negating her vow. Tanya, we learned in praise On Shabbos, you're with your heart. But during the week, you've got to express it with your lips. It doesn't matter, weekday or Shabbos, there's no problem doing it in your heart. And there's no need, even during the week, to actually express the vow. Now, what's this thing with, with take and drink? Be removal. What? Earlier you said... Well, we're assuming that the vow was related to food. 
that she's not going to have this food. I said, she swore, she vowed, I'm, I'm, I'm swearing off coffee. But, uh, so he gives her the coffee. He gives her, take some drink. coffee, right. Come here and drink some. That, okay. That's a that's, indication. That's the indication that is right, exactly. explicitly saying it. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. That's exactly the idea, right. Um, uh, now, um, Rabbi Yochanan Chacham Sha'omar Belashon Baal. Okay, um, wait, uh, okay, um, if the Chacham said a terminology that is appropriate for a husband, meaning use the, t- the line Hafara instead of to be Matir the Neder, Oval Shomer Belashon Chacham, Lomer Klum, that's not good. They have to stick to their terms. The Tanya, the person says, Ze Hadover, this is the matter. The untying of the vow, that's what a Chacham does. A husband doesn't do that. Surely it could be Matir. This is how it works. So that's the story. The bottom line is, each one has their own terminology and they never, never... I don't know what the expression is. Never the twain shall they meet or something like that. Anyway, that's it. We'll stop over here. They're mutually exclusive, exactly. All right, we'll stop with this and uh, call it.